Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Welcome back to Market View. Great to have you with us this morning. Ryan Huang is sipping a pina colada under a giant umbrella somewhere. Uh, but I am fortunate to have right across me the founder of the fantastic blog known as Dividend Titan. I call him DT. The world calls him Willie King. How are you, Willie? <laughs> Good morning, Michelle. And I love your I love your coat. This leather this leather jacket. <laughs> It's amazing. Keeps me warm, Willie. Does the job. <laughs> I see lots of flora print against, you know, this black coat. You know, something which is very uncommon, you know, when you're when you're doing radio, at least for me. <laughs> Thank you very much. I try to make radio as visual as possible. And uh, speaking of visual, analysts say that this next stock, uh, Clavio, we get emails from them all the time, but we just don't know it. I like these sort of behind-the-scenes sort of stocks. So I want to start in the world of tech IPOs because... Clavio's is the latest to hit markets. And how did it do? Well, Clavio shares popped more than 20% above their issue price as soon as the stock started trading on the New York Stock Exchange. And then what happened next? Mm. So you can see that Clavio shares rose 9% um, in their New York Stock Exchange debut on Wednesday after the marketing automation company held its first IPO for its US venture-backed software company since 2021. And it closed at about $32.76. Uh, declining throughout the day after after opening at thirty six seventy five, so this is really you know this is really on the backdrop of a series of other tech IPOs as well. I mean, if you look at there was the recent ARM IPO, and they were also um, Clavio also came together with Instacart as well. And I think you know they are actually trying to push, make a big push into this um, whole tech IPO market, which has been virtually shuttered for twenty one months. So they are actually trying to crack this market and reopen up the entire thing again. Foot in the door. Question is, how is the market reacting? The other big IPO this week that you mentioned, online grocer Instacart, shares followed a similar trajectory compared to Clavio. Popped at the open, but then gave back much of its early gains. Uh, Instacart shares fell another 10% overnight, by the way, in case you're tracking that. And Arm Holdings, that other high-profile IPO that we've been talking about all this week, well, they fell as well uh, 4% overnight. Its shares are well off its recent highs. Uh, Willie, what lessons can we take from the IPO? Should we bullish? What does it say about the IPO market? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point, Michelle. You know, usually this kind of tech IPOs, they come in droves, right? And you know, when it comes, it really comes, you know. And the thing is, I think a lot of these tech companies or these tech IPOs, the reason why they want to do it is probably because they want to jump ahead of what the, the, the Fed decisions are. I mean, if you look at what's going on last night where the Federal Reserve are actually holding on to rates higher for longer, a lot of them, all these tech companies, they will be thinking, or at least for me, I'll be thinking, if I am in management shoes, I'll be thinking, okay, since the market is at close to a high now, you know, over the last couple of months or at least this year, why not, you know, get some money or lease my shares at a much higher valuation because what if rates continue to go up and that could actually send a knee-jerk reaction to the market and that might not be very favourable for many of these tech companies. I mean, if you see this happen not just in the stock market, also in the bond market when there are expectations of interest rates going up, many companies want to issue bonds You know, before it, it gets more expensive. For tech companies, it's also the same thing and don't forget, many of these tech companies or these tech IPOs, many of these companies are sort of in their startup phase, you know, quote-unquote startup phase where they 
they might generate a lot of revenue, but they might not be very profitable, which mm-hmm. means that they might actually have to turn into debt financing. And because debt financing can be very expensive right now, so why not take advantage of the stock market when their valuations seems to be really rich? Thanks a lot for drawing the lines between the Fed's uh, central bank's decisions and what we could possibly be seeing in the IPO market. From high tech, I want to turn now to discount stores. And I have to say, there are two big discount retailers in the US that definitely appear to be on the out with investors. I am talking about Dollar General and Dollar Tree. Now, Dollar General shares fell. For seven straight days, in fact, before they rallied a little bit overnight, its stock is still worth less than half of what it was at the beginning of this year. If I turn to its competitor, Dollar Tree, I see they're facing their worst quarter in more than 15 years. Now, with prices rising, you might think retailers selling inexpensive products might be doing okay. So why are Dollar General and Dollar Tree suffering so much? Mm, I think this has largely got to do with uh, some of the overseas competition. I think people or the market has been talking about how some of these Chinese e-commerce companies, they're actually coming into the US market. So that's actually one big point. And this could actually um, serve as a pressure or competition with some of the, the, the two big discounters which you have mentioned. And primarily, the reason why is because of the profile of what you are basically selling. Because if you compare, some, for example, the two discounters, if you compare to some of the bigger companies like Walmart and Target, where they actually sell more daily essentials or daily necessity items, discount, discount stores, they tend to sell lower point or cheaper items, which might be able to actually get it off online or on, on e-commerce platforms. So e-commerce players, um, such as the Chinese players, which might be coming into the US market, that could actually offer some form of competition. And you can actually see that already happening in the financial statements for these two discounters. So they might be doing well um, in current uncertain climate. But, you know, if you're talking about the reopening, you're talking about the world coming back to a normal, uh, consumers being hit by high inflation, I think People are also more wary about trying to uh, see where the dollar is going. So if it's cheaper to shop online, why not? So inflation makes consumers a little bit more wary about where they spend their dollar. And then there's competition from Chinese online sites like Temu, uh, Shein as well. So Dollar Tree, I looked at, their profits could also be a victim of something outside the two factors I just talked about. They could be also a victim of a rise in shoplifting. Uh, it could be a challenge, though, of uh, new Chinese players. I, You know, you've got a TikTok and there are TikTok stores <laughs> you can buy from. The number of times I have to hold myself back from buying a mic from a TikTok store. Yeah, I mean, it can be so alluring to just, you know, press the (laughs) buy button with your thumb. You know, it's just so easy. Too much. (laughs) All right. So um, discount stores struggling. Next up this morning, I want to talk about another scandal, money scandal that has hit Singapore markets. The head of a mainboard listed company called New Silk Roots has been charged with market manipulation. His name is Go Jin Hien, and he is the son of Senior Minister Emeritus Go Chok Tong. So what exactly did Go Jin Hien allegedly do? Yep, so broadly speaking, Go is accused of conspiring with three with other three men to create a misleading appearance of the price of New Silk Roots securities on 31 trading days between the February 2018 and August 2018. So the alleged price manipulative orders and trades include share buybacks conducted through New Silk Roots, New Silk Roots corporate trading account. So this is um what he was being charged along with the three other men linked to New Silk Roots. Go and his counterparts could face a jail term of up to seven years, 
a fine of $250,000 or face both. Um, I'm not sure if it's been reported yet how much was made from the market manipulation, but I'm sure that figure will be out sooner rather than later. And we'll have that for you. Trading in shares of new silk routes have been suspended since November 2021. What do you make of the story? Mm. So... The interesting thing here, Michelle, is that, you know, in Singapore, we have this um, whole idea where it's a very clean, um, crop-free environment or country, but, you know, you still have all these scandals here. And which also means that, you know, even though where you have a country with a sound policy framework, you know, a, a good public administration and, you know, a good rule of law, you will always have people who misbehaves, who wants to be naughty. And, you know, like what Warren Buffett mentioned before, you know, years before when Wells Fargo also was implicated with a lot of fraudulent accounts. You know, he did mention when it comes to scandals, you know, you can never find there's just one cockroach in the kitchen. And when you start looking around, there's definitely more. But what I want, but what I would like to say is that despite, you know, with all these things coming on, you know, you, you still are, you know, put in a country where you have a very attractive wealth hub in place, uh, a financial system in, in place, which is well governed, well governed by the, the, the government itself. Still waiting for the details to emerge. In the meantime, I want to check in on US markets and the U.S. Federal Reserve. U.S. shares finished largely lower overnight after what many observers are describing as a hawkish pause by the U.S. Federal Reserve. The Fed did not raise rates at its September meeting, but it did indicate the likelihood of another rate hike this year. The Nasdaq fell 1.5%. The S&P 500 Dow Jones Industrial Average finished lower as well. Um, did you pass through Fed Chair Jerome Powell's uh, statements? What, what have been your main takeaways? Yeah, so it was very interesting. I mean, Michelle, like what you said, uh, it seems like Jerome Powell has attributed to a more hawkish path to its recent strength in the economy and and this could actually threaten to boost um, inflation. And many people are talking about how the bottom line is that the Fed is embracing this um, higher for longer approach to get inflation down to its uh, relevant target. And what was interesting, you know, if you have read the Fed's uh, statement between um, now from July, the previous July um, meeting and now is that there are actually some subtle changes in terms of the wordings which they use in the statements and this is actually very interesting. Say for example um, in the July's meeting they talk about how recent indicators did suggest that economic activity has been ex expanding at a moderate pace but they have changed this word to, from moderate to a solid pace so it seems like the economy has been doing you know far better than what they have expected. Also job gains have been robust in recent months so this was actually said in July, but now it has been said that job gains have actually slowed in recent months, which also showed that there's actually some progress, some improvement to what they have been, what they have been doing, um, and also um, the economy has continued to remain strong. So this three words, uh, but remain strong, mm -hmm. has been added in the statement, which sort of implies that um, everything seems to be going uh, hunky-dory for uh, the economy itself. So right now, what the Fed is probably going to do is they say, okay, I'm going to take a pause, take a step back and see what's going to happen. You know, is the job gains going to continue slowing? Um, is the economy going to continue growing? And how is the inflation numbers uh, are like before they continue? Um, you know, whether they want to be on a more hawkish path or, or a more dovish path. And many investors were looking forward to four rate cuts in 2024. The consensus now appears to be that there will be just two cuts. So essentially, we're looking at higher rates for longer, as you mentioned. The good news, though, is that 
that the Fed does appear to be on a path for a soft landing. It looks like the U.S. economy may avoid falling into recession. Uh, there's growing optimism of that. What do you think this means, though, for U.S. stocks? Okay, so it's very interesting here. I mean, if you see if there are no surprises, um, what's, what's probably going to happen if you look at the economy itself, you know, high interest rates means that you have a growing economy, economy is doing well, uh, you have a low unemployment rate. And the thing is, when this happens, people are more willing to spend more and businesses on the ground, they'll probably make more money. So revenues will probably go up. They, they might be able to control the cost. Good companies, strong businesses, they will be able to control their profit margins, which means this could actually directly affect, you know, how prices are. Because when you have growing profits, it means that you have a growing share price. So if interest rates are going up, if you discount, if you ignore the knee-jerk reaction or the surprises, in the in the medium to long term, you'll probably be seeing, you know, a slightly more optimistic share price performance. More optimistic share price performance. We'll keep a lookout for that. Time for our daily game show. It's called Up or Down. Please play along at home as well. We're starting with the Singapore-listed Chinese EV maker, Neo, up or down? Yeah, so this is very interesting. But I will say first, this is a down for me, um, largely because they actually did offer the convertible bonds. And what's interesting, usually um, companies which does convertible bonds, they tend to do it when the share price is at a high, right? Because you want to actually take advantage of the high share price uh, because of this, what you call embedded options within the convertible bond. Convertible bonds are able to actually convert from bonds to shares at a much later date. So you want to actually offer it or sell it, sell these bonds at a much higher share price. But interestingly, Neo actually offered it when its share price was at a low. So mm. um, it could mean a couple of things. One big thing is that they might need financing um, and they might actually struggle to actually find financing from the main uh, sources of funding, you know, from the banks, for from the equity market. So convertible bonds are actually one way to do it. Um, the good thing is that convertible bonds tend to actually offer much lower interest rates, which, mean that, which means that at this high interest rate environment, they don't have to pay too much interest cost, you know, in terms of funding. Neo is raising $1 billion in the bond markets. It says it's going to use this money to reduce its debt and strengthen its balance sheet. And markets don't like what this fundraising exercise means for Neo stock, which has plunged to a three-month low. In fact, Neo fell 11% in Singapore trade yesterday. I join you with that down Willie, for NEO. All right, next on my list for up or down is the energy company called Total. Mm, so this is an up for me. seems like Total Energy is looking towards the whole uh, drive of sustainability. They are looking to actually build a new plastic recycling unit at the Grand, Grand Puig's Zero Crude platform. So they have announced this building of a new mechanical recycling unit for its plastic waste. And this new investment follows those announcements in earlier June 2023, which is looking to double sustainable aviation fuel production and construction of a biomethane production unit. Yeah, Total is investing 300 million US dollars in a joint venture with Adani Green Energy, the first public deal, by the way, between the French oil giant and Gautam Adani. Uh, this since Adani was hit by fraud allegations and short selling earlier this year. I think the deal could be an up for both Total as well as a vote of confidence in Adani. Okay, up or down, let's look at Intel. Mm, so, 
Intel is an up for me after it came out with an event showing all its new uh, ways and un- unveiled some of its new uh, technology. For example, it unveiled its Meteor Lake ar- architecture, which is one of its uh, big softwares for some of the um, hardware devices. And also, uh, Intel is looking to actually make one of its biggest architectural shift in uh, 40 years to deliver some of its uh, significant gains. Intel was the world's, the Dow's, not the world's, Intel, <laughs> <laughs> Intel was the Dow's worst performing stock for the second straight session overnight. I'd like to have that list, the world's worst performing stock. Uh, investors are not thrilled with Intel's profit forecast. However, Intel does have that new chip we talked about yesterday that will enable customers to essentially run AI chatbots on their PCs rather than on the cloud. Think about the security security implications of that. Uh, Even though markets are currently giving Intel a down, I'm going to give Intel an up based on that new chip news. For our last word today, we turn to AMC Entertainment. After GameStop, AMC is one of the most prominent meme stocks and its shares have had, um, I'd say, a roller coaster ride over the past couple of years. Currently, they're on the de- decline downside of that ride. But that hasn't stopped the theater chain from cashing in, or should we say, uh, it's cashing in on its cachet. <laughs> <laughs> it is now toying with the launch of a branded craft beer called Great Ape Ale. Now, you may recall the retail investors who wanted to sell. Uh, to send AMC shares to the moon, refer to themselves as apes. So it's really about branding, reaching their community. Are you ready for a pint of great ape ale with <laughs> I'm I'm always ready for beer. I'm always ready for alcohol. Um, this is something <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm willing to try though, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It might cause you to buy a meme stock? Oh, yeah. Who knows, man? <laughs> I might actually buy under the influence of alcohol, of their alcohol, and <laughs> who knows? I, I might fly myself. I might actually fly myself to the moon. Who knows what they put in these things? It will not be though the first new branded AMC product. It is also selling AMC popcorn in Walmart, and it is planning to launch branded premium gourmet candies. So uh, sounds like a lot of creative ideas to pretty much save a struggling company. Yeah, I mean, if you look at different businesses or companies, I'm, I mean, this whole com- this whole idea of going into how businesses are actually diversifying or getting disrupted themselves, you know, they are moving into different kind of segments. And, you know, just the other day, just the other day, I had um, coffee with one, with one of the co- company management in Suntech. And I was at this cafe where, you know, they were just selling the electric vehicle cars, BYD. And beside it, they had a cafe. Mm. So it's interesting how businesses have started to evolve, you know, from just not only just selling what they used to have in their terms of their core products, but also they're diversifying, diversifying out into different segments or different lifestyle businesses. I mean, if you look at our banks, for example, they're also opening up cafes. You know, they're not just doing banking businesses, but they also have cafes, for example, in um, Plaza Singapura, where, you know, people can not only just do their banking services, but they can also enjoy a cup of coffee or tea. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So things have sort of evolved. I mean, if you look at financial services, you Mm. look at even car makers, you know, they're opening up their cafes. And right now, you know, you're talking about um, AMC or the uh, theater chain doing different kinds of businesses just to, you know, build the revenue, just to attract their customers. I think things have sort of changed here. Listen, I have a new perfume out. It's called Scent of a Great New Book. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can slide to my DMs and uh, if, if you'd like a sample or scent of a library, how about that? Yes. <laughs> can read and smell at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant for readers who actually want to be reading while they're working. Send me through mail, Michelle. I'll be waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> he is Willie King. Check out his blog. Uh, Dividend Titan is his name. We're lo- it's lovely to chat with you, Willie. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.